My name is Ford Pier. You don't know me, but I'm listening to 25,000 Miles, and so are you. of the spheres Stories told by open spaces that last for years I'll tell the world Stands up and utters perjury And the unbeliever kneels and bows his head The night before surgery <laughs> I'll tell the world Welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. You're in Vancouver? Yes, I'm in Vancouver. Okay, so I'm I'm in Salmon Arm. Okay. You Do you know where that is? I've been to Salmon Arm many times. Okay, well then you know all about it. Um, well, I wouldn't say that I know all about it, but I've, I've been there. Um, so... I don't know, like, obviously in Vancouver, things are a little bit different with COVID, but how are things with COVID there? Oh, they're fine. Um, uh, I work at a record store, and in that record store, we can have four people in at a time, and people got to wash their hands a whole lot, and, uh, you know, people attempt to keep some distance from one another, 
I, I really do feel as though, number one, uh, a lot of the sort of COVID interactions have become so internalized for all of us that we hardly ever notice them anymore. That's number one. Number two, a lot of them have become so diluted because we're so over it and want it to be done that we do still do these things, but we don't do them as conscientiously as we did a year ago, right? Right. I think that it's probably the same all over the place. I don't imagine that it's very different in Salmonar. Yeah, it's, I. you know, not a lot of people took it that seriously here anyway. Mm, and yeah. it, I think it, I don't that's know your, if it's the small town mentality. That's, that's, your, that's your frontiersman <laughs> interior of British Columbia thinking. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. Some people like live way up in the mountain and they come down and they're like, what's this? I'm not, not doing that. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we, we got our fair share of people like that around here all the time but you know they're, they're in the minority they get they get shouted down pretty quickly yeah of course um so you have just released a brand new uh and self-released solo record so could That's you right. tell us about that well it's uh i the band that i've been playing with for the last 10 years playing my, my stuff um, we weren't in a position where we could tour. Uh, we weren't playing as much. We were continuing to rehearse, but you know, like we, you know, like a lot of creative relationships, they have a lifespan. And, uh, these guys were dear friends of mine for years and years. And we still are. And just, that was, that relationship had played itself out. Nobody was really having any fun anymore. So it was a difficult decision but we had a great final show uh, at uh, the 60th birthday party of Scott Henderson from Victoria from Incentive Records and Shovelhead and Swell Prod. And I used to be in a group with, with, with him and John and Tom from No Means No called the Show Business Giants. So there were a whole lot of friends there. It was festive. And then just at the next rehearsal, it was like, do you guys feel like doing this anymore? And we all admitted no. It had come to the end of the line. And uh, the good thing for uh, me about that was that it allowed me to tour again because there wasn't the expense and the time and the logistical energy uh, of coming up with a tour that was going to actually support three grown men. You know, I could just go around like a kid and be completely irresponsible and do, you know, a stealth mission. Um, and, uh, the thing about that was that, uh, it, uh, a, a lot of the material in that last band that I was talking about was very complex and didn't really sound like much if you just played one part of it by yourself. If I were just to play it on guitar to you and sing the melody, it would sound, it would be meaningless. You know, the rhythms were a huge part of that band. Yeah. So, uh, it was, I, I had to write a whole bunch of new stuff to play in a style that would lend itself to solo performance. And I like assignments like that. I like having limitations like that, that I have to work to. And it was tremendously inspiring. And before very long, I had plenty of material. I recorded it very quickly and I toured it a whole bunch 
and then I was getting ready to tour it with a record of it to bring out and everything, and then this happened. Yeah. So so I decided to release it a little differently than I would have otherwise, which was just like, I don't care, just put it out there. And, you know, so it just kind of floated around on the internet for a little while. Lots of people do this. I, I'm not old, but uh, I younger people do this all the time. You know, like they make a record, they just put it out and everything. And that, that is the way that things are nowadays. And I think that it's better in so many ways than the conditions that I aspired to when I was growing up. But I had never done it like that before. I, I found it invigorating just to have the record sloshing around out there without a container, without a context for a long time. And then I physically released it later on in the year afterwards. And uh, now it's been around for a little while. People have heard it. People have bought it. People love it. Of course they love it. It's an awesome album. They, they have you to. like it? Do you <laughs> yeah, like it? I've, I've, yeah, I heard some of it. Yeah, it's really good. Good. So you kind of answered this in that whole thing, but I guess you wrote this these solo songs before the pandemic then, and not during. Yeah. No. No, I did I, during this pandemic, I haven't done a whole lot of writing. It hasn't. It hasn't seemed to. Uh, uh, do you? Are Are you in a band or anything? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Have Have you guys like? Are you in each other's bubble and whatnot? Uh, nope, not at all. So we haven't really been. Uh, you haven't really much. been getting together. No. But like, you've been like working by yourself and just you know like working working on some some riffs or some lyrics or whatever by yourself. Yeah, like that's funny you bring that up. Is I just sent some lyrics off and oh yeah, um, we just like we're pretty much just doing like scratch stuff. Like someone will come up with a riff. And then uh -huh. they'll just do the voice memo and send it to somebody, and then they'll add their thing to that voice memo. So it doesn't sound We're very sending good. parts to each other and, and building it like that, like everybody has GarageBand or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's, I mean, well, it's not great, but I think everyone knows. No, 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 no that's good. That's at. good. No, I think that there's going to be a whole lot of new records like that, and I think that that, you know, like with the, with the, uh, with that way of writing sort of leading the way, it's going to lead to. Uh, a, a particular kind of music uh you know like it'll it'll sound like a particular era not in a bad way you know like it'll it'll yeah, yeah, it'll be I, the I have era. done a little bit of that with with friends just uh uh sending files back and forth i've been invited to participate in some some things like uh uh i mentioned john from from no means no he's been making a you know, he's he's always had like tons and tons of hours of music that he's written, which would never fit in with a with a no means no type of thing. Yeah, no. And so he's you know he's been building that, and he's like, well, why don't why don't you sing on this? You can sing about anything you want, you know, or just add a guitar part to this. So a little bit of stuff like that. I've never done anything like that. My philosophy has always been leave it to the professionals. <laughs> I don't want to learn about home recording i don't want to buy myself a good microphone and a decent yeah. you know analog to digital converter i don't give it that's i mean like i'm prepared to save my money from my straight job to pay people who know what they're doing to do all of that for me when it's time for me to make a record but i admit that during this period i have learned a little bit about it to do stuff with john or to do stuff with uh uh, Larry from Victims Family in San Francisco and just, yeah, like that's a fun thing to do. But I haven't done it so much 
for my own stuff. Haven't been inspired to, haven't wanted to. I would rather just participate in other people's things as much as they would like me to and to lay back and read, listen to other people's music, listen in general. I think that this is a time for listening. Yeah, for me, I feel like you know? there's a lot of pros and cons to this time right now. And it's just, there's a lot of good in it. Like you were saying, like you've learned to to do, like get certain mics so you can participate in little things here and there. But then mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's not quite the same as like actually getting together. And so it's no. like, there, there's good and then there's like, yeah, it's just not going to. It's an entirely different thing. And I'm, I've, I've, I've said this to other people as well. I'm excited that it might produce something which is, uh, uniquely optimized to this sphere, you know, uh, something which, uh, which works like this and which isn't a compromised Bush league version of making a record the way that you would otherwise, or making, uh, doing a concert the way that you would otherwise, something which uh, is perfectly realized like this. I'm sure that it's out there. I haven't seen it yet, but I like to think that that is what has been fermenting during this time. But I haven't got the, it's it's not in me. I'm too much of a stick in the mud. I just want to make rock albums and <laughs> tour them in a car driving around. Yeah, and you know what? You're not alone in that. Because when I've asked if they've, uh, like any other artists, if they've they've recorded anything in this time, they're like, no, you know, usually you'd have time during this, but it's just, I don't know, it's almost, like, it's good motivation to do something right now, but the motivation's like, <laughs> just so low right now. Yeah, uh, there's there's something to be said for the, f- I mean, there's as many different ways of thinking about music as there are minutes of music, really. Uh, but um, there is the experience of music where it's like, okay, well, now I have time to contemplate, uh, to really work on my ideas, to get inside my own head and to express what I, you know, I have, I have time to, to work on something. Um, and then there's the other way of looking at music where it's like, there is absolutely no point unless there is somebody else taking this in at the same time as I'm doing it. When recorded music first came along, or at least when recording recorded music first got kind of good, you know, like in the 1940s, there was a whole a whole generation of great uh, conductors from Central Europe. All of the people who were just legendary for their interpretations of Mahler, or Brahms, or Beethoven, or whatever, who. Uh, we don't really get to hear all that much of nowadays, although the technology existed for their performances to be captured and duplicated because they just thought, why the f*** would anybody listen to music that had already been played? Yeah. Isn't that a weird idea? That is, yeah. Yeah, but but to somebody like Hans Knappert's book, it was like, (laughs) this is a fad, you know, like records, whatever you know, pay me to like actually go and conduct in front of an audience. And that is music. The very idea of somebody like taking an object home, placing it inside a machine and listening to that and thinking that that's music is crazy talk. Yeah. Beethoven Beethoven couldn't even hear. He couldn't do it anyway. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, I mean, like, there's, there's a corollary to that sort of thinking here. Uh, I think that it's a completely legitimate stance to take that, you know, like, I'm not going to do anything until there's somebody to do it for. And I wouldn't go that far with it. If I have an idea that I'm going to do something about it, but I think that there's a lot of music, a lot of, well, performance of all sorts, which is just on pause right now. And there's no way around it. I mean, like any sort of a, uh, a subscribed web performance or anything like that. No, 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 no. You need to be in the space with the people at the same time. The excitement of the performers coming out on stage. Yeah, absolutely. Being along while they're, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Well, then that brings up my next question. How do you feel about live streaming? I don't have a problem with it. There's, uh, I've, I've, I've paid for a couple of them. You know, like even that, in some cases, that's really a political decision, you know, because you want to support. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's not, you know, like I would rather go and see the mountain goats than watch the mountain goats on my computer. Well said. Because I know that there's there's people who have been doing it and it's had somewhat like kind of success, but I, it's I think it's mostly for people just supporting the band. It's not for the experience necessarily. Like I say, it's a it's a it's a political act. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and uh, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, you know, like sure, why not? Uh, things things like that existed to a certain extent before all of this. There was, there was one that I saw that was great pretty early on, which was uh, Ujma Doma from uh, the Czech Republic who put on like a three-hour show that was streamed. And I think that they like actually took requests in real time. And Carolyn Mark on Vancouver Island continues to do this thing like remotely. Car Carolyn Mark, favorite daughter of Sycamuse, British Columbia, I might add. Oh, all right. Or local gal. Yep. All, all of these people who who uh, uh, contribute to her um, the hoot nanny that she does every Sunday, where you know, I mean, like all, all of these things are great, and all of these people get uh, uh, all of these things get people hunched around their computers or their devices or whatever in real time, appreciating it together commenting on it together at the same time to a degree it's a communal experience but it doesn't have the same vitality it doesn't have the same uh life force about it as a live show nothing does yeah which is you know like we've 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 had we've had live performance probably longer than we've had language any sort of a substitute for that is that's a that's a very very high bar yeah, absolutely. Especially when it's like face to face like that, like you were saying, like you can't make anything better than that. What do you do? You know, you wait, you wait. Yeah, you're going to have to. This, this, this too will pass. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, what did the last pandemic? I think it was like two full years and then they they kind of pulled out of it. So we're a year and a little bit. Yeah, well, this time around, I don't know. I mean, the world is different and uh economic pressures are, are are so great and and also life happens so much more quickly for a lot of I the, the the last time anything like this happened in our part of the world anyway people were used to things taking a while 
Nobody is used to anything taking a while nowadays, whether it's toast or whether, you know, like it's a whole season of a television show. You should be able to watch it on a weekend yeah, instead now. of waiting for half a year. Yeah. To, you know, I, don't, I don't have time to wait around for a 26-week season of a TV show. Do you, why do you think that I have time for a pandemic to take up two years of my life or even one? Yeah. So what the hell's a commercial? Yeah, let's let's get crap. Let's get cracking. Yeah. So probably, I mean, like you know, obviously mistakes are going to be made and some things are going to go by the wayside. But yeah, any predictions on when live shows will start again? No, 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 no. That's a mugs game. Who knows what's going <laughs> to happen next? Godzilla rising from the ocean to. <laughs> That's what's next. It's yeah. you know I made a. Well, I don't know if it's a joke, <laughs> but I made the comment because before the pandemic, there was like a lot of like there was um, uh, the George Floyd thing happened, which was awful. Yes. And then there was I read an article about all these killer bees that were like, if a bee oh, yeah. stung you, you were just dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was then there's the pandemic and then yep. like things just progressively got oh, worse totally. and then i made the comment like what's next godzilla he's coming and certainly so, <laughs> yeah yeah it's so that, funny that, well and i mean there were there were a lot of people that i was talking with like maybe summer of last year who were like yeah whatever happened with that killer hornets storyline that sort of went nowhere oh yeah that's it the hornets i said bees yeah yeah it yeah that that one didn't really have any legs so it was just all the rest of them you know like all of the the riots and the murders and the yeah, and uh, all all against all against the backdrop of of a plague, but yeah. uh, you know, great times we're living in. Great times. Yes. Yeah. Well, interesting. May you live in interesting times, the man said. Yeah. It's a curse.
see. Now, this, okay, so this isn't your first solo album. No. So, uh, well, it depends upon what you call a solo album. I mean, I've put out like 10 records. 1995. That was the first one, yeah. Yeah, so quick math tells me 26-ish years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess just talking to you, this kind of just cuts my question here, but do you always have the plan to write another solo record after that first one? Did you have the plan to do another one, or was it you were just kind of, oh, let's do another one? No, I'll tell you what happened there. was uh, I had uh, been in, I was 23 when I started making that record, and uh, I had, I since since I was... 18 or 17 i had been in bands and i came out of the and they were they were bands that toured a lot you know like 220 shows a year bands and uh i i came out of the last one going okay my way or the highway and wanting to uh wanting to be in a project that uh didn't restrict itself to one style as as the bands that i had been in professionally had and so the uh, with my first record, I was just kind of proving something to myself, and uh, it's it's okay. Uh, it it's not without its charm, but the songs were chosen to be ones that I could play everything on. I could play the drums on, and I could play the bass on, and you know, records that I really or uh, instruments that I didn't really have all that much facility on. That was the point of of that record, really. If I look back on it honestly. And then afterwards, I was able to get people to play with me. And then I was playing in other bands, and I was I was I was touring a whole lot. And uh, the um, my own music didn't really become uh, my main musical outlet for another ten years after that. And all that time, and to this day, I just write whatever occurs to me. I've never kept office office hours about it and decided to write a particular way. I just kind of listen for what offers itself to me and present it to the project that I'm involved with, which seems best suited to deliver it. And this time, like I said, I gave myself an assignment. And after a year of writing, I had 15 or 16 songs, which didn't sound like just sort of solo versions of a song, which really should be played with a band. Yeah. You know, that was the point. And uh, a certain amount of insecurity about, you know, there's not a lot of people who know who I am, but some people know who I am. And those people have favorite songs from a lot of the records and everything. Say, hey, why don't you play such and such? Like, don't you think that that would sound kind of weird without the, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. So having material which was specifically suited to to playing solo was that was a I never really tried to write solo material before. Okay, so it's one thing recording an album by yourself, but how about playing by yourself? Is going from a full band lineup to I I would assume you're very aware of your voice and that it's just you. I know, I know you have people playing with you when you go, but... No, no, uh, like, just doing these, these uh, um, for, for the last couple of years, it has been just me playing by myself, yeah. and, uh, yeah, you're dead if you think about it, you know, <laughs> just get up there and just, just play the song. Yeah, 
I would, and that, that doesn't really worry me because that's the way that I started out because I couldn't convince anybody to play with me for a while. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not intimidated by that approach. I stopped doing it because it was less fun, I thought, than playing in a band which was better equipped to deliver a broader palette of ideas. So, so that was the, uh, you know, the brief with the writing of the songs that make up the most recent record is songs that were specifically tailored to what I considered to be the drawbacks and limitations of solo performance. I think I tried it once and I was like, it's the last time for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did. I don't, the, the, uh, just sort of providence seemed to be goading me in that direction. There were a number of shows where the band couldn't join me and I didn't feel like turning them down. Uh, some some fun opening slots like playing with Bob Mould or a- Adrian Ballou. And, you know, like, yeah, I want to do that. That sounds like fun. Sure. The problem, children? I'm going to go to that show. You mean I get to... I. Did I say problem children? I didn't mean problem children. Problem children from Montreal. No, poster children. Ah. Poster children from from Illinois. Opening for problem children by myself would have been weirder. But that that show with poster children was awesome. And in those contexts, I, I really enjoyed delivering that material just by myself. And so that sort of uh, gave me a little push towards uh, going back to playing by myself for a while. For a while, you know, playing music with other people is is the best. For the for the time being, uh, being being a singer songwriter is uh, the path of least resistance. Yeah, I agree with that. So this new album is called Gormful in Maya. Is that how you say it? Maya, Maya, yeah, sure. Okay, yep. and I, I wasn't sure what that meant. And then I, I kind of read up on Me it. Me neither. Like, oh, so could you explain to everyone what that means? I don't know. I, I like the idea of, you know, because there's that word gormless, which doesn't get used very often, but it's one of those unpaired words, right? It doesn't, there's there's not a gormful. And so I just, I liked the idea of gormful. And gormless means, you know, like kind of stupid and unmotivated and slow and so, well, obviously, Gormful would be, you know, something which was bursting with all of those things. And then uh, the Maya part, you know, Maya is a Hindu cosmology, I suppose. Sort of the idea of the world that exists in between us and the substance of what things actually are. And... All of all of that, it's you know, it's it's this uh, illusion. It's it's a distraction, it takes up all of our time. It's it's not it's not the same sort of uh, you know illusion that like German philosophers it's like ah oh, no, no, no we cast it aside you know tear the veil open and and see what's actually there. It's it's more like sort of a it's a trick. It's a show that we participate in. So. None of this is, you know, it's some words that sounded good together, which if you want to think about it a little bit, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that could be a thing. But (laughs) and then I was talking to a guy about the record, as a matter of fact, and he asked whether it was a tribute to that new wave band, Eyeless in Gaza. And I'm like, 
like a duck. I never even thought of that. Somehow it must have been like buried in the recesses. Yeah, of course, Gormless in Maya, Eyeless in Gaza. Maybe that's why it sounded good to me. There you it was go. already kicking around in there. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll edit it up so that's exactly what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> All of these years playing music, what do you think the motivation is to keep going and to keep creating? Because, as you know, it can, it can be a tough road to stay motivated and to write albums and, and to, you know, do these big tours. I think that the only good reason to make a record is because it's one that you don't have in your collection and nobody else is going to make it if you don't. You know, there's much better ways to make money. If you make a record to make money, then you're stupid. If you do anything like this, any any sort of creative endeavor because you are impelled to, and then when that leaves you, you should stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know instead yeah. of, un, un, unless you've... You know, like unless you've been doing it for so long and and you've and you've had some some luck and uh, enjoyed some success or whatever that it's your job and you have people who are who rely on you to keep on doing it. Well, then you should probably try and find some inspiration somewhere. But I don't really know how that works. I keep on writing because I keep on having ideas and I don't know what in the world I would do. If I stopped having ideas, someone once said to me, it was, it's like, if you love something and you have fun doing something, that's your hobby and you should keep doing that. But mm -hmm. you go to your job to make money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes they intersect and that has its good points and its bad points. And, uh, uh, there are people who take a journeyman like approach to creativity and, uh, sometimes I think that that's a way for them to get over the the kind of snobism or the or the self mystification around oh well I'm an artist and I need this and I'm special and it's good to get around that and to think of oneself as being just you know like a craftsman or whatever and this is what I do it's my job or whatever but no it's it's different it's that's a fact there there needs to be you know like numos about it there needs to be something that brings it to life and for me i can't imagine just like kind of reaching out and grabbing that and making it into a song or whatever i need to have an idea and i don't necessarily control when i'm going to have ideas so hopefully hopefully i don't stop having them yeah. um and also hopefully if i do I'll have the grace to stop trying to get people's attention with <laughs> whatever I come up with, which has no That's fire good. behind it. Of course, yeah, I think you'd have to be dead for you to not have ideas anymore. <laughs> I'm not a storyteller. I don't have any stories. One or two, but nothing worth a mention. Nothing to reward your rapt attention Little to enlighten No monumental glories The days go by the same way that you spend yours Life's little ups and downs are not adventures I'll give the same stock answer to how it go Rather than be one by the father of a blow I blow Cause I'm sick of all the good times The stuff of future myth 
of all the good times A normal is excuse for the demotic And a glorious voice Can sing a lousy song Not so as you know the first time that you heard it But its power and its presence are preferred Over harmonized and holding to our home With no mind to meaning it's just a soul So I'm weary of the beauty That everyone can see Approbation that has me believing that the problem is me, and I'm sick of tolerating cutting slack for adequacy. It is stimulating to always be reminded of my favorites, to always be describing like it kind of had to be there, but it wasn't an adventure. It's always two thumbs up, there's no room for debate And our common ground collapses under a combined weight And I'm tired of agreeing and playing all the hits Sick of all the good times